James Fisher sat at the dining room table, his laptop open. His coffee steamed within reach of his pasty arms. He grabbed the mug, took a sip, and scanned the headlines on the screen. Tent cities in the heart of Silicon Valley. ECB supports more QE. Ponzified pensions in Pennsylvania. National debt ballooning beyond $18 trillion. Health insurance costs outpacing wages. Russia's economy in decline. Greece's stock market collapsing. Portland area water rates skyrocketing as pipes burst. He moved the cursor over the Ponzified Pensions in Pennsylvania link and clicked it. He scanned the graphs and quotes from officials grappling with the unforgiving nature of mathematics. Coming soon to a state near you. He heard quick steps down the wooden stairs. The first floor of his home was open, with no dividing wall between the kitchen and the living room. He turned toward the kitchen, where the stainless steel appliances glistened in the morning light. A small round table for two sat against the bay window. Lori's sneakers squeaked as she rushed into the kitchen, her keys in hand and an Adidas bag slung over her shoulder. Her straight brown hair was pulled back in a long ponytail. Her nylon jacket was unzipped to chest level, showing her ample cleavage held together by two sports bras. She opened the fridge and removed a bottle with greenish liquid. James stood with a groan and trudged across the hardwood to the kitchen. She shook the bottle, avoiding his gaze. Lori rifled through a drawer, grabbing an energy bar and dropping her keys in the process. Damn it, she said as she bent over and snatched her keys from the tile. James saw the outline of her labia through her yoga pants. The guys at that stupid-ass gym see her vagina more than I do. Won't you be cold? James asked. She rolled her eyes. The box gets pretty hot. Why can't you guys just call it a gym? You wouldn't understand. She said as she unzipped the side pocket of her bag and shoved the energy bar inside. Maybe you could wear regular shorts and a t-shirt. That would be comfortable. She glared at James. This is what everyone wears now. It's just a bit revealing. Her pale face flushed red. What do you want me to do, James? I can't change now. I'm late. You just have a lot of curves. He winced. She crossed her arms, still holding her green drink concoction. You think I look fat? Shit. No, you look great. You've always looked great. I loved your body 40 extra pounds ago. I'm late. She brushed past James and slammed the door on her way out. James fast walked down the empty hallway, a loaded backpack over his jacket. Classroom doors were closed, decorated with snowflakes and snowmen. A murmur of preteen chatter spilled into the hall. He stood at his classroom door, fishing his keys from his khakis. He caught a glimpse of himself in the door window. His nose was too large, his eyes too squinty, and his chin too small. Mr. Fisher, I'd like a word. James took a deep breath and turned around. The principal was short with narrow shoulders, low body fat but a big head. It looked as though he had the body of one of his middle schoolers, with an adult head shoved on top. James smiled, looking down at his principal. Good morning, Dr. Richards. We need to have a talk. Now. The principal marched toward his office without waiting for a reply. James skulked after him. Dr. Richards didn't look back or hold the door as he entered the main office. Two middle-aged women worked behind the L-shaped reception desk. One was on the phone, the other glanced at James and went back to her work. He shuffled into the principal's office, shutting the door behind him. 
Dr. Richards sat at the wooden desk with his fingers interlaced as if he were praying. James sat across from him in a wooden chair that wasn't built for comfort. He might be 5'3", but at least he has a man's chin. My chin's like a girl's. If only I could grow a decent beard. Mr. Fisher, are you paying attention? Yes, every word, James replied. He'll repeat it. What I asked was, do you remember what we talked about last month? Shoot, I'm sorry about being late today. I had a family emergency. The principal sat quiet, his eyes on James. He's trying to get me to talk. Not going to happen, Dr. Dix. It's not just today, Dr. Richard said. James raised his eyebrows. As far as I know, I've been on time since our last conversation. We had a complaint that you haven't been monitoring the hall at the start of school. That's surprising.